Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, filth. Dropping in at the start of the episode to let you know that this Sunday, the 17th of October, 2 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time, we have our live online show happening. It's all about parties and parties in video games. It's going to be tons of fun. Are you guys revved up? Yeah, if you're from New York, it's at <laughs> wait, 11 p.m. on mm-hmm. Saturday, the 16th of October. And Knox, <laughs> what are some of the other times? Hey, man, if you want to get some za and watch the show from California, I believe it's at uh, minus three from 11, which would be 8 p.m. <laughs> that time. And unfortunately, we've gotten fucking shafted and it's you at 4 a.m. You fucking cunts. You, you fucking knob. You 4 a.m. <laughs> so, yeah, it's on at different times. Filthycasuals.com.au is probably the place to go to see. Yep. Uh, the different times that it's on uh, and uh, in your particular time zone, it's just the one time globally, but the world yes. is segmented into different time zones. It's Yeah, yes. it's one show. Let's be clear about that. It's one <laughs> live show. It's an extravaganza. It's a party time. We're planning stuff as we speak. We can all, we have two brains and, and yep. one of the brains um, is collaborating on party ideas. The other brain is mm-hmm. doing this live read. Like um, a dolphin. Like how they exactly. sleep half. Uh, but, and I also uh, think that it'll be very fun. I just want to echo those sentiments and say yeah, Echo the dolphin. I, I think this show <laughs> will be enjoyable. And uh, yeah. it's 10 bucks Australian, I believe. And Yeah, uh, it's about what a, a shilling in British currency. Uh, we've gotten fucking shafted again. <laughs> and um, it will also be up available to rewatch for several hours after the broadcast yeah. of the show. So if you can't make the yeah. live show to chat with us and interact with us, you can still uh, use your ticket to, to rewatch it for uh, a certain period of time after it's aired. Yes. Yes. So get onto that, filthycasuals.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you guys all there. It's going to be a lot of fun. But now... On with the episode. Wait, one more detail. Oh, I've oh. seen people asking if you buy a ticket, you'll get emailed the link to it and everything as well. So you, yeah, it, 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 you it, don't it's have all to there. Guess. <laughs> you don't it's have not to a guess scam. Where it'll be streamed. <laughs> um, because yeah, because people tend to buy tickets for these things quite late because you're literally watching on your computer. We'll probably send it out like in the hours before the show. So don't worry. Yep. Um, you haven't missed anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, on with the podcast. It's Great be very live. Fun. From New York, it's no. Filthy Casuals. <laughs> Don't confuse them. At $200, a Super Nintendo setup costs twice as much as the old system. For the money, the company promises better pictures, sound, and adventure. Good. 
Good morning, video games. Welcome to Filthy Casuals, a podcast about video games hosted by three very kind and extremely knowledgeable boys. Thank you very much for joining us. My name is Tommy Dasselow and with me as always... It's Ben Vanell here, Tommy. I'm pumped up from doing that ad for our live show. I'm mm. full of beans. I'm yep. excited. Uh, joining us, rounding out the trio as always, a man who's constantly full of beans... I'm a bean boy. That's what they call me. They call me the bean bag. <laughs> if you ever <laughs> hear someone calling me a bean bag, that's yeah. why. It's because I eat a lot of beans. You might okay. not have been confused mm. about it. You probably <laughs> would have figured, yeah. figured that out. It's also about the full shape. Of, full of beans. <laughs> yeah. Where does that come from, that that saying? Because it doesn't say if I was full of mm. beans, I wouldn't have energy. Yeah. If I'd, I'd eaten be a grumpy, huge fucking be plate of beans... Sluggish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'd stink. Know. Yeah. Do you reckon it's because like somewhere it's all they had to eat? You know, it's like it's a mining term. You know, the gold rush. They're like, yeah, I had no food, and then I had some beans, mm. and I finally felt good. Maybe. <laughs> That's so depressing, though. It's like this. Call <laughs> in, <laughs> if you know the answer. <laughs> it's a yeah. fun, exciting term in the modern day, but if back in the gold mining days, it was like, right. oh, I nearly died. Yeah. <laughs> but now I've got enough energy to continue <laughs> the only job I know how to do. <laughs> at, least I'm, at least I'm not full of my friend, Frank. Yeah. No, I'm full of beans. Frank's yep. full of himself, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh, all right. Thinks yeah, he has all the Frank. beans. <laughs> well, we could look the origins of this up right now, but uh, maybe we're better to save it for the live show on Sunday. If you happen to know the origin of the phrase full of beans, buy a ticket right now and get on in the chat and let <laughs> yeah. us know yeah. live on the air. And we'll, <laughs> Pay like, we'll us save money. it. We'll save it for a certain moment. So don't jump in on the live show and just start spamming the chat. I want to and like do a countdown and anyone who's found the uh, origins of, of that term, say it all at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, everyone can like type it in the chat, and then we try and guess which is the legitimate one. Like oh! pe- people can try and like stump us with the okay with the etymology of um being full of beans. We yeah, invented well, a party game. <laughs> you want to talk about etymology? With these beans, I had them all. Yeah. Adam. Well, oh, yep. Also, etymology. <laughs> the etymology of the phrase. What does Adam think that the phrase is? Fuck. Well, that's a podcast. <laughs> I reckon. <guess. laughs> we were trying to figure out the other day where the term as the crow flies comes from. Because mm-hmm. it seems like a strange bird to pick to be representative of all direct birds. But right. here it is. Here it, it, so. Over in uh, England, where the term originated in English, sure, yep. the crow is the only bird that they see that does fly straight because all the sparrows and swallows and shit, they're always dipping around. They're always fucking oh. about. But a crow gets okay. down to business. Right. That was the one crow. theory. Okay. Oh, that's not even confirmed. That's just a theory. There's no way to know because someone just said it one time and then everyone was like, that sounds pretty cool. (laughs) There was another thing that like maybe it's because crows can seek out land and they carry crows on boats to like find land when they couldn't see it and the crow would fly in the direction of land. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Then that also got disproven by some other people because they were like, if you put a crow in a cage, it it kills itself. Yeah. And the term is... The term is applied to when you're on land because it's like you're not going around windy roads, you're going straight. Exactly. On the ocean, you can go as straight as you like, is my understanding, having never sailed uh, in the olden days. But on land is the only place where you're having to dodge fucking mountains and stuff. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, you know, the phrase "as the crow flies" is pretty outdated. I think a good modern interpretation would be "as the battle bus flies," um, because it's <laughs> it's going in a pretty straight line as it's kind of hovering around up there, passing yep. over that uh, passing over that beautiful little Fortnite island. Yeah, dead straight. Mm. Um, yeah, one more other thing we've got to uh, mention that we have coming up. We are going to be commentating a Fortnite and Warzone tournament, uh, Master of the Map, that mm. is happening as an online event through Fortress Melbourne. It's a big esports venue in uh, here in Melbourne, Australia. They're still currently closed because of lockdown, but they are doing this online event. Uh, yeah, and we are going to be commentating two days' worth of events for them. And if you're listening and you're in Australia and New Zealand, you can sign up to compete in yeah. those Yeah, events. yeah, go to, go to fortressmelbourne.com. You can register. Um, but if you're outside of those territories, you can watch. Come and it's, it's on Twitch. It's free. Jump in yep. the chat. Do put some filthy casuals in jokes in. I'm sure everyone's going to love that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're really pumped for it. They just approached yep. us to do it because they saw our stupid Fortnite videos. So, um, you know, if you want to keep supporting the show and you can't afford Patreon, share the YouTube videos around because it's leading to sick uh, things like this. And yeah, yeah. We're, we're pumped the for videos, it. The videos of us saying we have no idea what this game is or what we're doing or how it works yeah. somehow led to a job opportunity for us. <laughs> Yes, which yes. <laughs> follow your dreams, kids. <laughs> it <laughs> you really to, is that easy. Uh, FortressMelbourne.com has all the details on how to enter and, and, and stuff like that if you're in Australia and New Zealand and also when to watch and all of that. So, yeah, yeah just yeah. go there and you can you can have a look at exactly what it is. Two days, so- two hosts. Sorry, guys, <laughs> I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you you do a classic uh, Frasier, you know, fast situation. You enter as well. You're playing and you, you have to like yeah. leave frame, put on a glasses and a mustache. Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to commentate as a woman and, and play as a man. It's a classic Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> yep. but the fire is the left mouse button that it's referring to in this one. <laughs> I've been. Uh, I'm excited to be officially a commentator. I have to say, I've been watching yeah. a lot of sports documentaries in the last couple of weeks, and you know those like, especially like the kind of '80s era, like American, like very over the top sports commentating, yes. where they're like, "Oh, he is down for the count," like that mm-hmm. kind of really oh, you've bombastic been watching some, style. Uh, you're watching some basketball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Down for the count. Yeah, counting yeah, yeah. how many uh, how many baskets he scored. Welcome <laughs> to Master of the Map. He's down for the count. He always has to think about it by crouching when he's adding up things. So that's where this phrase comes from. I I'm, reckon I'm, the number is up there on a big scoreboard. He does not need to be doing this, folks. But he is still down for the count. This guy loves vampires. He's down for the count. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, check it out. Come, uh, come sign up if you want to compete. Maybe we'll be uh, riffing over the top of you. Yeah. If not, uh, yeah, just just have a little watch on Twitch. But yeah, head to the Fortress Melbourne site for all the details of that. And um, head to this podcast right now to hear us talk about video games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. A lot of them too. They they're back. Yeah. Did you hear video games are back? Big yeah. week. That's the yeah, news. Huge week. Um, Huge couple of weeks because Diablo 2 Remastered or Resurrected was out last week as well, which I haven't touched. But fucking hell, there's a lot of video games. I've seen that that, that um, Resurrected thing has uh, issues with its online stuff, which seems like a problem if you're making Diablo because that is why <laughs> yes, people right. are playing that game these days. To exchange 
breastplates. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got there? Some gauntlets? What is that? A bracer? Let me have a look at that. What is that? A short axe? Greaves? Are they greaves? Uh, no, I'm pretty happy about them actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, that. I maybe we'll get around to that one day, but I, I, yeah. I don't know. I'm not particularly interested in that for whatever reason. That type of remaster where it's like, right. it looks like how hey, you remember, but sort of we- worse. Weirdly, mm. chucked in widescreen, not as into that as, uh, like, just taking something that already looks the way it does and not making it look that different, but maybe a little bit cleaner, a little bit brighter, maybe mm. making it look a little bit smoother and nicer. It doesn't seem like a necessary upgrade, especially when you're being asked to spend money on that upgrade to make the same thing, basically. It's right. exactly the same game. Yeah. Just, just kind of look a little bit cleaner and squeakier. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Alan Wake Remastered came out a few days ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was not the direction I was going, but yeah, well, you can do that if you want. <laughs> no, let's make it clear. You were talking about the Switch OLED model, something mm-hmm. that you are in possession of. I have a problem, <laughs> and that problem is owning three Switches currently. One yeah. of them I'm going to definitely get rid of and trade in, but because of the restrictions in Melbourne, I couldn't do it in the shop at the time. And so that's the only reason for that. But it did lead to the situation where I can make a direct comparison between the old one and the new one for right. the purposes of this podcast, because surely I'm the only one dumb enough out of the three of us to go and get an <laughs> OLED switch completely uh, unnecessarily just because I thought it was a bit nicer and I was uh, I was treating myself after a hard lockdown. Mm. Yep. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I spent the week going, I really do not need to do this. Yeah. Um, this is an unnecessary purchase. And then I was talking to a friend of the podcast, Angus Truscott from the HeyFam podcast, mm-hmm. who has been one of the most vocal critics of the OLED model and how unnecessary it is. And then he messaged me and said, I just went and bought an OLED. And I went, if this guy's caving, then what, you know, what... What defense do I have, really? I was like, you know what? I've had mine for five years. It's, you know, tech. It's due a little a little refresh, a little slight little upgrade. I love this company. I'm doing it. I'm getting the OLED. So wow. I am now also in possession of a Switch OLED model. That, so, and it's worth pointing out that I think both of us do think that this is a completely unnecessary upgrade and you're not missing out on anything. You don't need one if you've already got a Switch. But it is very nice. Yeah, as a like I that's how I justified it was like 5 years is a long time to have a piece of tech. Mine's like you know my old one's got a little couple of chips on it. Of course like the battery has degraded like mm-hmm. the batteries on all things mm-hmm. do. And the big thing holding me off was like, well, you know, it's got the better screen but like I'm I'm in the house. I'm in lockdown. You know, I'm not really using it in handheld all that much. I always prefer to use it on the TV when I can with the Pro Controller. But then remembering like, oh, things are about to open up again. And yeah, when we when we can travel, I do travel a lot. I do yeah. use my Switch in handheld a lot. I love it as a handheld. So like, yeah, I'm just going to get this little refresh. And yeah, I am glad I did. it. This The new screen looks fantastic. Mm. It, it really, as a, yeah, as a mid kind of life cycle refresh on it, it's great. It's it's hard not to kind of because yeah, the screen is the only thing that's different. Just to be clear, in case you missed all of that, the Joy-Con are exactly the same. The internal processing and everything is exactly the same. So um, I think that that's not strictly completely true. The Joy Cons have some tiny, tiny little manufacturing improvements that do make that because yeah, holding but my, they're still drifting. 
I heard the same thing that there's like a technical technological improvement, but people are still reporting right. <laughs> Joy-Con drift. That's interesting because I've never had that personally, so I don't really, I can't speak to that. But these do feel a little bit. Uh, better than the ones from the original Switch that, like you, Tommy, mine was like a launch model one. So compared to that one as well, the battery is is better like it was in that yeah, other yeah, refresh yeah. of the Switch. <clears throat> right. But you're right. the main and, and also some of the build quality of the Switch itself, like the kickstand has been put across the whole width of the machine. So yeah, yeah. There's, there's. I mean, it feels a little. But I mean, the Joy-Con, for all intents and purposes, like I, you know, when they were, when the rumors of the Pro were really swirling, I mm. kind of hoped like we would end up with Joy Cons that felt closer to the Pro controller, mm. or even closer to the how they feel on the Switch Lite, which feels so much better. Um, they like they haven't done that. They no. haven't done so. It's kind of hard not to be have this like great bright screen and it does look great but kind of also feel like god damn it would have been good if this had all the stuff that was yeah also rumored to have been happening because i guess um, part of it is them wanting you to be able to attach the old things or whatever but there's no reason yeah I yeah guess. yeah or mm. maybe there is a reason but it wouldn't be unfeasible for them to still have that capability and to improve the new thing they're sliding on there because like they've made those s the snes controllers and stuff that also slide on there that yeah they can put all sorts yep. of bullshit in those rails. Because they're just rails that hold something, right? And then it still communicates the controllers with the console through Bluetooth. Uh, they, like, they're not actually physically connected when you put them in those rails. Oh, That's I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I assume they, they there's charge, a circuit that closes, but yeah. No, they, they charge them, but there's no... <clears throat> I think it's still wireless connection between yeah, right. the things. Right. Um, they also improved the... Yeah, the kickstand thing is a little better, but like also I have never used it in the kickstand <laughs> mode once. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And the dock is improved by having uh, an Ethernet port and by uh, the bit where you slide the switch into is a little better design now where it's less likely it appears to scrape the screen or anything like that. It's a little more kind of cushioned and, and uh, better designed. There's right. two little, on the, on the very bottom of it, there's two kind of little rubber bumpers mm. for like when you've got the kickstand extended to just that kind of like just i guess rest on the tabletop that feel kind of nice there's like mm. a l- couple of little things like that that are nice little improvements and yeah if you are someone who um plays largely in handheld mode or exclusively in handheld mode and you're wondering whether it's worth an upgrade i would say yes because so yeah you i turned the, this model on and you look at it and you go yep that's a bigger screen it's a it's a brighter screen it's a nicer screen then you i was playing it for a little bit and that you know, you kind of just get used to it and I was, you know, all of a sudden it's just, that's the that's what the screen looks like. You kind of lose that impact of it. But then I had to go back to my old Switch to kind of transfer something across. And when you when you look at the old one after looking at the, the OLED for a little bit, the difference is insane. Like it, because it, I, I, I never thought the screen on the original model looked bad. I always thought it looked good and bright and, you know, colourful. But yeah, looking at it compared to the OLED, like side by side or after using the OLED for a bit, it looks so washed out. It's part, crazy. Part of that is that you have um, like this vivid color profile that's a setting on the new OLED one that you can have on or yeah. off. And uh, it's similar to, you know, how TVs will have a, a game mode and different color mm-hmm. profiles there. And so it's got one that kind of makes them pop a little bit more. It might not be to everybody's tastes because it does make them look a little oversaturated maybe certain games yeah right but um it's it's completely optional but even with that off yeah it is it is an improvement in the way that an oled 
screen is an improvement over an LCD screen, especially one of that size from years ago. It, mm. You can yep. you can really tell, and the 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 size increases is, is is nice, and it's uh, definitely like so. I was playing Metroid Dread mostly in handheld for yep. the whole time, and it mm. really is like it it is a very very nice improvement. It's a good yeah. It's I guess they've kind of launched them alongside each other because they sort of thought that. Dread is kind of like the unofficial showcase mm-hmm. of the OLED because it does have – it's not like a bright game, but there are bits where there's like lighting effects mm. and it's also there's bits that are very dark and, you know, the difference with the OLED being that it can show, it can show darks a lot mm. uh, better than um, – than the original model can because the pixels are actually off. So it is a good showcase um, piece for yeah. the for the model. But it's been, yeah, I've just gone and downloaded a bunch of other stuff that I've finished and tooled around in it for a little bit. And, yeah, having the screen kind of go all the way to the edge of the of the whatever you call it, the no model, bezels. it does the, – No yeah, bezels. Yeah, the bezels. Or it does bezels. make it – yeah, it does make it look a lot more like, oh, yeah, this is a current piece of tech. It makes you feel like – yeah, this has had a little upgrade. This feels a bit fresher, a bit nicer, a bit cleaner, um, a bit sh- more vibrant. I mm. haven't seen this. I'm sure someone has already done this, but I want to put it inside that like VR Labo thing they made and see what kind of impact it has on that because oh. all of that Labo stuff was made with the screen size of the original Switch in mind. So mm. I kind of want to see how this new one breaks all of that old mm. stuff. But <laughs> in general, yeah, it like... You'll know if if this update is is uh, something. It is an extravagance and and very little more than that. There's there's no. It's not like a PS4 Pro or a One X how they came out and it was like you're getting better frame rate and a better resolution and things that were a little more tangible than just the actual build quality of the machine is a bit better and the screen is much nicer. You'll you'll know whether or not that is appropriate for your situation. Like it's not. Any more than that, and it's not tricking you, but it does definitely deliver that nicer screen if that's an extravagance that you're in the market for. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you feel like a little it, mid-gen refresh. Yeah, yeah. If you've taken it on the plane 50 times, if you, you know, if you're, because uh, I never played in handheld mode. I reckon I've genuinely played games in handheld mode less than a dozen times. Mm. <laughs> I just, I don't take it out of the dock. But yeah, there'll be people like taking it on the bus every day, on the train every day. And it's like, yeah, yeah. if you trade it in and you get the new one for a couple hundred bucks, why not? Because you have to it's, buy yeah. groceries. It's nice, but it ain't no Switch 2. But the Switch still mm. has legs. It's yeah. got one. So it's I, got we didn't kickstand. mention that, that this new one comes <laughs> with little legs that they've built onto the bottom of it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I felt fine about getting this because I, I, I really at this point believe that whatever the next iteration is will just be the second Switch. I mm-hmm. don't think it'll be a slight, you know, technical upgrade like people thought the Pro was just going to be able to output yeah. it 4K but not have that much more going on. I'm actually, I think uh, the next I'm, thing that happens will be the, the full kind of next gen. I'm thing. looking at an article on Bloomberg that disagrees with you, Tommy. They say that uh, <laughs> in one week there's going to be a uh, Switch Pro announcement. <laughs> well, that's the most reliable website I've ever read, so I guess it's going to happen. Uh, yeah, it, it, I, I agree with you that the next thing coming is the Switch 2, but while the Switch is still here, they're putting out good games for it still. It's transitioned weirdly, it feels like to me, into, in my mind, being almost exclusively a handheld now because of... Certainly with what they've put out this year, yeah, right. I mean, 
what's what's the, what have their big marquee releases been other than the that Mario um, World re-release? Like yeah, WarioWare. Right. Um, I feel this like this feels very handheld. Metroid and the Advance Wars port is a port of right. a handheld game. Even Animal Crossing and 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 stuff like that is yeah. Uh, and and Metroid Dread is very much feels like a follow up to Metroid Fusion, which is what it is, which was a Game Boy Advance game, and uh, is really really appropriate for a, a big nice screen with uh, colorful images on yeah. a handheld form factor. <laughs> which is at the moment it is getting so frustrating that they. It's cool that the sixty four stuff is coming to the Switch Online service, but it's very annoying that there still is no Game Boy games or Game Boy Advance or even DS or mm. something along those lines on that service for this. It's annoying that there are that they haven't put more of their handheld stuff on this handheld. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Metroid Dread. Uh, something that we I think all felt looked a little underwhelming when they showed it off. I did. At E3. Yeah. It kind of looked a bit. I don't know, because it, that trailer it started up and you kind of thought, oh, here we go, Prime, great, this is what everyone wants to see. And then seeing that it was a platformer kind of made it feel like a bit of a spin-off or a bit of a concession or a... Uh, but it just, it uh, looked, the the whole Emmy thing, I, that the way was it was the presented thing. in the trailer mm. looked a bit kind of tacky and, uh, I don't know, yeah, dull it, to me. Because they said it was like Metroid 5 and a, a follow-up to the 2D one, so it didn't feel like a side thing as much for me but i agree that the emmy the their focus on the emmys um which a lot of shows have around this time of year and congratulations <laughs> ted lasso but i'm more the, of a golden globes fan honestly you gave me the movies too hey the globes dictate the academy awards right exactly it's them. the feeder it's the feeder competition that's right well, you can't predict what an Emmy is going to do in this game. I'll tell you that because they... <laughs> the, the, I don't even know what it is. <laughs> they're these big killer robots that they sort of focused on in the trailers of like, yeah, you're going to have to run away from these things, which they had a similar thing in Metroid Fusion where there was like a sort of copy of you chasing you around. And Okay. Uh, I, well, for whatever reason, in the way they were showing it, I thought it just looked a little... Uh, I just wasn't that into it and the way it looked looked a lot flatter than the actual game has ended up looking because right. the actual game is fucking great. It's a proper Metroid game and those Emmys are uh, a big focus of it and they really work. They are so yeah, much the, fun. Yeah, the little sections that you're in with them are kind of... They're these little zones that... So, yeah, it's 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 a classic Metroid game. It's the first kind of like new one... Uh, like kind of in this storyline in 15 years or something like Nearly that. I think 20, it's like yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it's a continuation of that story, and yeah, it's all the classic stuff of that style of game where a bit of a map is blocked off. You need to get a little upgrade, and then you can shoot through the door to get through. Broken up by these sections where yeah, these little Emmy things are hunting you, and they they only exist in those little sections. If they catch you, you are dead immediately. There is like a little timing. Um, quick time event window where you can like stun them and overcome them momentarily. But basically you then you're dipping in and out of the little zones that they're in to try and find a, um, a little thing that you have to defeat that gives you more power in your arm cannon that you can then take them down with. But until you get that, you are kind of slipping in and out of their areas, having to like dodge them and avoid them. And you can kind of hear them coming. It's kind of turns into a bit of stealth for a bit. And those sections that they're in, that they live in, by design, they're kind of like grey and very like 
sort of flat looking. They've got this weird kind of like grainy filter over the top of them. And that's what they showed in the original trailer, which just made the game right. look like the whole thing was going to be kind of washed out and shitty looking. But right. that's a deliberate design choice in these little areas where you're being stalked through. Because the rest of the game is like so, yeah, vibrant looking. And so it re- it, full of life. It really works to break it up because that old, that, it, that Metroid formula has been done a lot in the years since, uh, in, in the last decade or two. Mm, and yep. uh, I think that was part of what it seemed with Metroid Dread was like, okay, well, how are they going to stand out against this this Absolutely. big flood yep. of really, really good Metroidvania type of games? Yeah, and this all of a sudden has become the most kind of mm, populated genre. For, for yeah, indie stuff. Especially for sure, recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yep. the way they've done it is by going back to, it's got that like Nintendo pure and focused design that just... It, it it's so the game is so snappy and yeah. and feels so good to control and is so cleverly put together that it it just feels like this smooth high quality version of that type of thing that reminds you of how like super metroid basically was the template for all these games because it 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 focuses so well on what it's trying to do that you are always driven to the next thing in a really satisfying yeah. way and then to break up that type of gameplay that is you know more uh, more common in those sort of indie games now and often done very well having these sort of stealth sections that almost feel like a 2d like alien isolation or something where you're being hunted by this insurmountable force it it works so much better than i expected it to and it it really they managed to change it up with that there's like seven different uh robots that you've got to eventually get your way to and they change up what each of them is capable of and what you're capable of in between getting to each of them so that there's a, a different dynamic in every one and it, it remains tense and satisfying and exciting the, the whole way through. It's a really, really good and kind of difficult game. Yeah, it's it's tough. and it's But it, in spite of how like tough it is, especially like some of the boss battles, you are, yeah, to, to speak to like what you were saying about the, uh, the snappiness of it, it feels like you are making significant progress Every three minutes or so, like nearly everything that you do, you feel like, oh, cool, I'm in a new area or I'm about to find this new thing or, okay, I've discovered this block that I can't do anything with. I know now when I get that upgrade, I'm going to come back and it's, it, and it feels great to control as well. Like it's so smooth, it runs at 60 frames. It's, it's one of the best controlled uh, 2D platformers I think I've ever played. It just feels so great and smooth to run around in and, and yeah and it's like the controls are a little overwhelming maybe i could see how they would be uh sort of an issue for some people because you're you're doing a lot all at once like you've got um your your cannon that you shoot with and that gets various different abilities and then you can hold down a button to do missiles and then there's another button to do a grappling hook and then there's another button yeah like you get all these different abilities as you go and then you've also got this like parry ability where enemies will do a little blink thing just before they're about to attack you and if you hit another button at the same time you can whack them off and they're very happy about it (laughs) 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 thanks everybody thanks everyone oh my god what does that mean like (laughs) (laughs) tell me when i'm older (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah you can you can you know parry them away and then kind of come back at them with an extra powerful attack and then the bosses really use that stuff well um yep the the 
level like i loved fighting every one of the bosses in here there's a couple that you maybe see different versions of once or twice too many times that sort of thing um but for the most part it stays completely fresh the whole way through and builds on your abilities in a way that even though by the end you've got a lot of stuff you're doing and it really challenges you to like test it tests you of use like, all of it remember all this shit you got show me but yeah. It, it progresses in such a way that you kind of can every step of the way. Yeah. Yeah, it's and for something that 2 is like basically a... Yeah, it's a 2D platformer. It gets right into it very quickly. Uh, it is kind of a classic sort of Nintendo, you know, no frills kind of thing. But at the same time, there are these little cinematic bits in it that are quite simple but still work really well yeah. where every now and then you'll go through a door into the next area and you think, you know, the screen is just going to load and you're onto the next bit. But you get like a little mini cutscene of Samus walking into the room and sort of noticing something or kind of something happened. And these little bits are kind of dotted throughout and they work really well. Like they're often, yeah, they're often like 15 seconds long or whatever, but they just do like a really nice job of bridging the areas and kind of making it feel a little bit more mm. just adding a little bit of polish to something that is just quote unquote just a 2D platformer and making it feel a bit more rounded and fleshed out and, and yeah cinematic. I was really into the the story for what it is by the end of it because yeah the it manages to create this tone and atmosphere. Like you've got this robot buddy who's from Fusion who, you know, you you kind of catch up with at certain save points and he tells you like this is pretty fucked up. The ho- the odds are against us. Yeah. And it really does make you think, oh man, maybe I can't yeah. do this. It, like, and <laughs> and his name's and his name's Adam, isn't yeah. it? Uh-huh. <laughs> I wrote to him and I made them name him that. I said, it's the only name I'll accept or I'm not playing your game. And they said, oh, please, sir. Um, yeah, it's it it the presentation of it and the story is is a lot of fun. And it's it's not super long like there's a lot more stuff you can go around and, and get the extra power-ups and whatever that are that are optional to increase the number of missiles you've gotten whatever by the end but i finished it in eight hours and yep. it's that that is pretty typical of a metroid game though where part of it is like try and do it quick or try and go and get all get these everything. extra things and 100 it yeah well we we did a last week the video that we did for youtube was you trying to um speed run the first metroid mm. on the nes having never played it and we we sort of talk a little bit in that video because we're using a guide as we're playing it as you're playing it and we were talking about how you know in those original metroids without people at the time necessarily knowing that this is how the game was going to work you there's bits where you just have to shoot the floor you just mm. have to randomly somehow intuit that you've got to shoot the wall or the floor in order to get down and you know i was thinking we i was saying in that video like what an of the time design that is but it was interesting because i haven't really played i haven't played any of the 2d metroids uh before this one it's interesting that it's that that's kind of still in there that's still a part of these games is that it's you you would think that that would have been a design thing that they would have kind of gotten rid of over the years but there still are chunks in this where it's like i don't really know where to go i'm sort of trapped and you you've got like kind of three rooms that you sort of trapped between and there's no path out and you just go all right well, i guess i'll just aim around the room and shoot every little corner and surface until a little hidden block uh, pops up and then i can break through it's usually a lot more logic puzzle or whatever in this like and there's little indications in ways that there weren't in those nes games and by the end of yeah. it you've got you know there's ways you can 
do things like that. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a lot more modern of a design than than that old stuff. Um, so I, I don't know. I didn't. I don't remember a point where I felt like that. What well, still? I mean, for hidden stuff too, you have to. You know, if you shoot up at the roof, there'll be like a little block will fall away. Right. And it's it's not really signpost. I, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. That rather than it be a thing that they've and they've obviously like tweaked it and like you said modernized it it's not as kind of those clues yeah, are not, there in a way they were yeah. for the for the old like the yeah. original one but yeah it's a great game if you've if you own a switch i think it's a it's a it's an essential purchase and if you like platformers again because yeah I, I thought i i love this genre of game i don't want to i mean it feels stupid to call this a metroidvania but yeah i love this style of game and and like you were saying i kind of thought like oh, i wonder how it's gonna stack up when you've had a lot of yeah indie developers kind of put their own spin on it and do lots of really great stuff with it that pushes the genre pretty far but yeah this is a this kind of reminds you like why this is the why this is the og like why it's yeah it's like uh, watching oh there's a million gangster movies who needs another and then you watch goodfellas or whatever and you're like oh some people are really good at making these yeah well it's more like you watch the irishman and you're like yeah still got it yeah. <laughs> Nothing about this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Samus looks really weird with the de-aging stuff because obviously the actor is old now. It's been twenty years, but anyway, yeah, Metroid Dread, big, big, big recommend from me as well because yeah. you know it does a good job. This game of making everything fun, even when it's quite difficult at times, and you can be in some situations that get a little hairy. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Okay, the right. situations. Can get a little hairy. Right, 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 mm-hmm. right. Cool. Um, mm-hmm. When is he going to segue to the Manscaped ad? Is that coming up? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Manscaped, our great supporters. Fuck, they've been sponsoring the show for months and months now. Most it's of the Im- year, I think. Impossible for me to tell because we've been indoors for most of it. <laughs> Literally, it could, we could have done two and I'd be like, yeah, probably. <laughs> you know how I chart the time? I shaved little uh, tally marks into my pubes. <laughs> well, what oh, do nice. you use to do that? The Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. Now, attention listeners across the galaxy. All the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pube problem? I've I've seen our podcast statistics and we do yeah. not have listeners across the galaxy. If anyone's <laughs> listening from Mars, they don't show up in our reporting figures. Right. Okay. Maybe they're using a VPN. Oh, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But if you do have a little extra hair, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. That's how long we've been doing this. They had the Lawnmower 3.0 and now they have the 4.0. They are Mm. great supporters of our podcast. Their contract Um, with us has outlasted uh, (laughs) a a model of one of their products. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, kick your pubes to the next planet with the performance package 4.0. Love the this orbit- Halloween copy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is the October copy and it is space themed, uh, if you couldn't tell. And some of it doesn't make sense. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity. Orbits? Right. I guess they're your balls? You could have said planets. Planet, yeah. But the um, zero gravity thing, it's like, what, you get the hair out and then your dick is just constantly kind of hovering up towards yeah. the ceiling? That's what mine's doing. Your <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, manscaped, they're the leaders in male grooming. Join the two million men worldwide, or I reckon, because they also said two million at the start of our, you know, our relationship with them, I reckon it's maybe up to about two million and... 300 or something like that. Don't Thanks know the statistics. Us. Yeah. Yep. A few filth in there. 
Um, but yeah, join those uh, two million plus men who trust Manscaped to get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code FILTHY. You know it. You love it. It's part of the name of our show. Filthy is the code. Manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping. That's a fucking good deal. That deal's so good, it's out of this world. <laughs> it's a far cry from the other terrible uh, brands out there, which yes. you probably shouldn't say. Just be positive <laughs> about Manscaped. I love it when yeah. companies do do that, though. They go, you know what? Instead of saying we're good, we're going to shit on Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or yeah. I guess Pepsi Mans- shit on Coke. Manscaped does what Nintendo don't. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the, uh, I believe that's the current campaign um, I'd love to see that Manscaped doing an ad where it's like The competitor and like those side by side Things that they always do And it's just like It's two windows of different men shaving yes, their pubes and yes. <laughs> People in a supermarket being blindfolded And asked to shave their pubes with two different <laughs> But they can't see what they're doing So they keep just fucking hurting yeah. themselves <laughs> Yeah the Manscaped challenge Yeah um, <laughs> Something Nintendo don't is have uh, a way to play Far Cry Six, which came out this week as well. Oh, yeah! You know what? Arguable whether PCs do as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think I take a Switch port at this point. Yeah, <laughs> playing it on the PC. Let's talk positive first because I do think this is a fantastic game, and um, I will say a return to form for Far Cry. But I have liked all of them. Um, I thought you guys really liked. Five, didn't you? I loved well, it. I, yeah, yeah. I've been I've been seeing a lot of stuff of reviews of this saying Far Cry's back, and mm. yeah, I felt. I, I mean, this feels like one of those franchises that people say that there's enough people saying that in a review of every new one that right. comes yes. out, right? Yes. Yeah, I think Five Definitely. for me, the only like it was all right. It was just something where um, I wasn't necessarily in the mood for it at that time and largely because with that game I think the one big difference between that game and this game other than you know setting and all that sort of stuff was that the open world was always coming at you and there was always shit going on that you had to deal with people were attacking you constantly and things like that and I think a lot of people had that problem with five and this one has less of that it feels more like a regular world that's in a weird situation closer to Mm. three or four yeah, that's that's fair. I didn't have that problem, but people had that um, with five, and they also hated that the boss levels or the campaign or the story, I guess, would mm. forcibly drag you out of the open world at certain times. You because you would build up a certain level of like threat or whatever in a region, and that would trigger this cutscene where you would get kidnapped and then you would get thrown into the story. I think people mm. were just like, "Leave me alone! I want to choose when I do the story missions," which I didn't. Right? I actually loved. I thought it was very cinematic. Uh, it felt very immersive, and and I loved it. I I think I yeah I loved everything about that game. I loved the setting. The gameplay has been for me the kind of FPS I like to play the whole way through the series, and I think it you know uh, maintains a, a, a standard that is of you know the current gen. Um, but six is out, mm. and it's also <laughs> <laughs> it's also pretty damn good. Yeah, uh, it, it very little has changed. They've introduced sort of some of the annoying resource gathering that was in New Dawn. That one in between, right? Um, so like getting metal, getting you know fasteners, getting gasoline and stuff to upgrade 
stuff in your camp, it seems like, and oh, and your guns at the workbench and stuff you, like that as well. That that sort of thing is definitely a little... Because like, if you've never played a Far Cry game, the loop is you're in an open world and you are going and doing little tasks like Assassin's Creed or things like that. Mainly you are taking over enemy camps by killing everyone there or you're going and hunting f- uh, animals and, and gathering that stuff and bringing it back or doing missions. And the yeah. hunting thing... Uh, yeah, for whatever reason, I don't like trading all that stuff to get resources instead of actually like in three, for example, using like the leather of the thing you just hunted down to build right. a new uh, quiver for your arrows or whatever. I think that's the been the pinnacle of of that stuff in the franchise. I don't mm. remember four actually, but um, certainly after a certain point, it's like here's some shit, uh, build it on the workbench. Um, or you can buy it with money. Like a lot of them have been just like, yeah, you get money from dead soldiers and then you buy stuff. But mm. yes, I completely agree. The hunting, the specific sort of like hunt this boar, hunt this cougar, and now you can make this, you know, uh, bandolier for more ammo. That was fantastic in three. Yeah. And it's, I don't love how it's integrated in six, but uh, aside from that, it's, yeah, it's an open world first person shooter with a pretty good story. Um, an event like a great actor as the villain. The the sort of general story is there's this South American nation called uh, Yara. Mm-hmm. It's it's ruled over by a dictator played by Giancarlo Esposito, um, and you play one of the rebels. You want to free the land from this uh, from this evil evil man and his crazy generals and admirals and shit like that. Yeah, you're... Is this the first time in the series that you can play male or female? Maybe not, but you can do uh, it in this one. I, th- I want to say you could in five? Maybe in uh, New Dawn or something. I don't remember it in five, but... Uh, New you. Dawn, you definitely can, actually, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, you're given, like, you... It, it has that, that thing where it will drag you through missions in the story for a fair while before then at some point it goes okay now you can kind of go and do it in uh, yes in your own way yeah yes. there's a tutorial and then there's like a first little island that you're on that's very like yeah you got to clear everything out and then you get and then at a certain point you get told like these are the three people we need to hit in order yep. to get a chance to take down anton and you can you yeah you can do them in any order right but it's yes. it sort of it recommends you it's like i would say go do this one first it different does. areas have yeah. different levels of danger to you and so you're kind of leveling right. up as you go through the game uh, to to be more powerful and you're you know you're getting you guns and you're attaching you stuff to them you've got a lot of gear that you can yep. wear and put on that is something that yeah uh, for whatever reason it's just gotten to a point where it feels like that sort of I, I'm just not into loot stuff generally with games right. and and crafting and there is I agree. a fair yeah. bit more of that in this game. But yeah. when you're not doing that, it is that same fun, kind of open, creative shooter stuff where it's like here is just a weird level, go and uh, tackle it however you want. You can do it stealthily, you can siphon them all out here and make your crocodile eat them, you can do, you, it's up to you. Get off my fucking yeah. case, you decide. Yeah, you have a, you've said that in a very throwaway manner, but yes, you have a little, you have a pet crocodile that you can kind of sick on people. Yes. Yeah, Guapo. You, you're like yeah. pets are back. You've, you've, uh, or yes. like, what do they call them? Sidekicks or something? Companion. Companion. <laughs> Companion, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've found it to be a lot less... Um, wedded to the 
previous gameplay loop of camps and stuff. Mm. It feels much more to me like, um, and it could be because of how I'm playing it, like, this is the quest that you're doing now, so go and do it. Um, And I think that's partially because they give you basically everything from the start of, like, the proper game. After the prologue, when you go onto the main island, it's like, you can. there's a helicopter at this base. There's a plane. There's a jeep. You've already got basically access to a machine gun, a single shot rifle. Like you kind of have everything from the start, which is maybe my least favorite thing about the game, bugs aside. Like it's it takes away some of the progression and the satisfaction of attaining all of that stuff and it makes the world feel very accessible from the start. So um I I'm not as driven to be like, oh, I have to go hit this, you know, camp because then I might get some XP so I can rank up, so I can get a gun, so I can whatever. You know, like mm. I I feel pretty overpowered uh, right from the start, which, yeah, is maybe not my favourite way to play a Far Cry game. But then I do like the story and the quests and I think mm. the acting's pretty good for a Ubisoft game. Um, and so I'm not minding it so much. It is feeling a little more linear to me, but that's just the way I've been playing it. I don't know if this is, is deliberate, more, but... Sorry. So you go. I was just going to agree that there's a bit more drive and like uh, it's, it is trying to funnel you into those missions a lot mm. more than the previous ones felt like they maybe were. I think I agree. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know, because I, I played a very little bit of 5, but I just, I just didn't have the time for it at the time and, and it's not the sort of game I typically play a lot of, so I, I remember bouncing off it pretty quick. Mm. Even though I was liking it but this I'm loving and I've already sunk like quite a few I've sunk way 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 more time into it than I did into five and those things that you're mentioning I don't know if they've done this by design to make it a little bit more like as a jumping off point for someone who's not played the series before but I I really like that aspect of it that you that you do kind of get this stuff early and it does feel a bit like for for a newcomer who I'm sort of you know, been figuring out what the you know because everyone has been saying in the reviews of this that it's it's Far Cry, it's another Far Cry right. game. So there's yep. obviously a shorthand here that people who've played all of these kind of understand. As someone who doesn't have any of that, like going in and knowing, like, oh yeah, this 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 and this will happen, even though I could you know sort of intuit from trailers and whatnot. Mm. Um, I I kind of liked getting all that stuff early on and it being like, hey, just go and have fun. You don't need right. to really. Yeah, you know, I've been playing these for a decade and a half to get what's going on. It's like, here, have a fucking great gun early on. Have a good time. It does make sense because, like, it, Far Cry is kind of this like power fantasy game or whatever. Right, like it's trying yep. to make right. you have be this big old badass. And so this one's like, yeah, you know what? You got a big rocket launcher backpack. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's have a good time, everybody. So I kind of agree with that. It does create a weird thing where like. And this has been the case with a bunch of the other games too, where you've got this big blow everything up power fantasy, I'm I'm king cool type of vibe going on. And then mixing that with a like a story about like island nation slavery mm. it feels weird throughout to me. Like uh, uh, there's the I I'm just feeling slightly I don't know. I don't I don't know what it is about it because I don't think that it's like uh wrong or like questionable even necessarily yeah. it just feels uh mismatched or odd or or like f- flippant in a way that i'm not engaging mm-hmm. with for whatever reason it it's not working as well in six for me 
uh, as it has before. Again, I think it's because you want to feel like you are progressing in a tangible way. And if you are a genuinely, like, this guy was in the army, sure, um, now he's part of a rebellion, but he's not Arnie, you know, like... Mm. And you, uh, the, 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 the accepted trajectory of a video game is you slowly get better or you tend to win these powers, win these ga- like guns and stuff as you put in more time and effort and get better. Um, and, yeah, I think for me it's maybe a bit of dissonance between what you're able to do at the start and where you're meant to, to be situated like in the narrative. Maybe um, that's part of it, yeah, is yeah. that it doesn't feel like this slow grassroots rebellion building up because it's like, yeah, you could go and kill them all right now. Like, Absolutely. they're fighting Superman or Superwoman in my cat because uh, I'm really enjoying the actor who plays the female Danny and I agree that, like, a lot of the um, acting and characterization stuff is pretty good. The cutscenes mm, are back yeah. to being third person primarily. Yes. Um, for what I, I'm, so I'm playing on the PS5. I don't know if we want to get into this stuff now, but the cutscenes run at 30 FPS when the rest runs at 60, but it isn't even 30 because they're either loading something in the background or doing mm. something fucked because they are so jittery and 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 broken. So maybe that is taking me out of the story too because every time there's a significant cutscene, the characters are glonking all over the screen. Like it, it is mm-hmm. really yeah. chugging along for whatever reason. I don't know. There's uh, maybe tell me like I want you to share maybe a few more positives because you are so new yeah, to yeah, the yeah. franchise. I don't want to get into the bugs just yet. We yeah, I am. Lot, we have a lot to say about. Bugs. Yeah, <laughs> I am really. Yeah, I'm. I'm loving it. I'm really, really enjoying it. Uh, I, 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 I expected to enjoy it. I was excited mm. for it because yeah, the setting is very appealing to me. I think maybe that's the big difference as well. Over five, it's mm-hmm. like. It feels a bit more of like an escapist setting than Five did, even though I was I thought the cult stuff was was cool and a, mm. and a cool story idea. This yeah, being on an island is is it's a cool setting. The music that's playing when you're getting into vehicles and stuff is great. Um, and yeah, the whole yeah the whole setting of this rebellion and everything is like is really appealing. Even though I have seen here and there some uh, criticism <laughs> about the like it's kind of based on Cuba and the and the some of the stuff in there being a little bit dodgy. Like your healing mechanic is like you smoke a cigar and yes. there's a cockfighting mini game. And I've seen a little criticism that that's a little on the nose and a little tactless, which I I I don't know. I I, I can't. I mean, it, you know, I'm a. I'm a white Australian, so it's kind of it's kind of not yeah. on me to really comment look, on that. But I have seen that going around. It's I don't disagree, but I think it's tactless in a Hollywood way that isn't uncommon or like so right. over the top that it's yeah. like it, it's I, I not think, not worth noting. But it definitely isn't like beyond the pale type of stuff. And yeah. I think I again, this is pure supposition. And maybe I'll just give my opinion. I don't want to, put, you know, speak for Cubans or anything. But, like, the reason that Cuba is fucked is because of America. <laughs> you know, like, they got fucked by the CIA. Right. There's a, you know, a... Um, what's the word? Uh, sanctions against them. You know, like, they've been cut off because they were a communist country. And the reason that dictators... Um, Dictators have been, you know, falsely or uh, just, you know, exaggeratedly painted by American media is bad. And, like, if people are doing genuinely fucked stuff in South American countries, it's because they've been driven to it by the CIA or they're being, you know, it's like 
to have no mention of that in a game that is clearly about Cuba and you can read mm. the history of Cuba, that's maybe more egregious than smoking a cigar because I feel like those things tend to be laughed off often by the people mm. who they're about. Right. Whereas like systematic oppression by, you know, the United States is like something that's fucked a lot of people's lives. So Well, that's yeah, the, maybe that's it's almost like thing. this... Yeah, the cigar thing almost becomes egregious because there's not really a mention of the other stuff right. that you're talking about, right? When it's purely like surface level, like, haha, imagine this, right, without right, right. kind of going into any of the other stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, like, but yeah, overall, I am, I'm loving it. Maybe it's having just played Deathloop before this, so kind of mm. getting a, my head a bit more around first person shooters, which is, yeah, not a genre that I play all that much of um yeah i'm having a i'm having a really really good time with it the shooting is really fun and yeah finding a little camp going in working out how you want to do it taking them all down i think for a lot of them to claim them back you have to like you have to torture a billboard of Mm. anton that's out the front like that being the final little piece to get the little tick on the on the map um Mm. and yeah it's all the it's all the same open world stuff i mean it's a there's a reason why this sort of game is is appealing it's it's always the same kind of setup go here do either go here and find this and bring it back or go here and kill all these people or, or steal this truck it's one of yeah. about three or four different mission types but you it, know it's it, often it's one of those is taking you to a new part of the map that you haven't seen yet and just getting there just driving there and seeing a yeah. different part of it is exciting like, especially mm. when all of the controls for the vehicles and the way that you move and shoot and everything is just it's built to be smooth and fun like it's not trying yes. to make driving a tank uh, complicated and difficult. Like, I will say, I find the the driving to be a little weird. Maybe it's yeah. just it's the first person perspective in a car where you've also got you can still kind of like look around with the right stick. I find it like I keep wishing I could pull out and have your classic GTA third person car view. I do. Uh, yeah. I have struggled with that a little bit, and but that's again that's just having not played. I like a first person before. drive. Um, uh, but yeah, I I wish I'm. I've always wished that they would allow you to do proper camera or, you know, camera controls and options. Like I, what was I doing? I was thinking I was flying a plane and I was like, I can't see the wingspan. I'm supposed to drive into this garage and I just banged into the side. It's oh, like, right. just let me it see. It is funny because like, I'll just say before this as well that like, yeah, I agree that that loop, if you let yourself sink into it of just like, oh, this guy, I freed this guy on the side of the road and he told me where there's a little weapons cache and I'll go get it. And it's a little blip on my map. And it, mm. like, if you let yourself sink into that, it is fun. But with the camera thing as well, it is kind of weird because there's so many accessibility options in this game. Yes. You'd think that that camera would almost come under that. And in, there's, from th- it appears... It, and, like, this was an issue with Cyberpunk that people, like, we thought there was going to be a third-person toggle mode, you know, like, to just choose how you could view and play the game. And some people modded it in and it was all weird and stuff. Um, but they they had to not do that because it took development time. They appear to have done it for Far Cry 6 because you can walk around in third-person mode in the camps. In your camps, yeah, And it is yeah, an it instant defaults. transition. It, it looks yeah. like a Bethesda game where it's like, bang, you're in third-person mode. It's not ideal, necessarily. It's not as good as first-person, but it's in I kind of don't get that. I kind of don't get why you go into third-person just in the camp. Yeah. I sort of, when it, when it did that... Right, right, right true. When it did that, I was like, is this a bug? Like, I couldn't right. work out why it was all of a sudden... Well, this yeah. game has, like, the crafting stuff for maybe, like, it doesn't need it. And it's got the mm. third person in the camera and it's got that same 
destiny cursor that you move around the map. So I wonder if right. it's just because like that's sort of how people think right. about designing open worldy. But I just for now. me mm. like with the driving, yeah, I totally as a as a personal preference would prefer like yeah, I just that's what like that's how I'm used to driving in these kinds of games. Yeah, is being able to see the whole vehicle, and it's not it's not like it's not bad per se, but it just makes me go from like a bit where I have to drive a big stretch. If it was a third-person perspective, I'd be like, oh, hell yeah, I can't wait to take to the road. Yes. Whereas in this, it's like my my feeling on it is like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll get in my car. And it doesn't – for me yeah. personally, it's it's not like as fun of a way of driving Fair a enough. car in a game. But that's just a personal taste thing. And, and uh, maybe I'll get used to it over the course of the game too. The ho- horse riding's fucked. <laughs> I it like the so horse riding. <laughs> <laughs> just swinging that head around wildly yeah. like it's on the end of a stick. No, I that's really sick. It's like it. it's arcadey and it and it's and it's focusing on you just moving fast with these things. Like I, I think controlling the, f- the horse like you control your person is is weird. But <laughs> I do yeah. I do kind of like just tilting the stick forward, not having a like yeah gallop I don't button mind or anything. Stuff, it's, it's it's strange. How it looks is the issue. It looks like you're. It's not attached to a body. It, I, right. I'm just not <laughs> right, a fan of right. it. I suppose um, I haven't even noticed that because I've just been. I've got, I've got my eyes on the road. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I want to bond with my animal, <laughs> and it doesn't look real. <laughs> I'm throwing whopper. that horse away <laughs> after I get off of it. That horse is dead to me, perhaps literally. But yeah, it's a. Um, it's just to wrap up the positives. It's a. Mm. It's really fun. The world is great. It when it's running properly, I think it looks really good. It's yep. it's such a great detailed environment. Um, if you're in my position of having never uh, gone in on this before, because yeah, seeing the the number six after a title, I can totally understand being like, oh, I I don't know what I'd be doing with this. Um, maybe it feels very intimidating. But I think this is. I can vouch for this is a good jumping off point. Mm. Yeah, we're saying they're not connected really at all. Yeah, no. There's little tiny mentions and you know bonus things or whatever, but it's not the sixth in a story. No, 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 no. Um, And taking aside the annoying resource gathering, I do like. I do. I'm a fan of loot, not to the extent that some people are. Like, I'm not a Destiny fan. Well, sorry, I am a Destiny fan, but I'm not a Destiny player, like, ongoing. Right. Um, but I love that in the, like, you know, older RPGs. I like that in Far Cry. Um, and I do like getting fun guns and chucking suppressors on them and allowing that to shape your gameplay experience as well. You know, like, I love stealth, so I just put silences on all the guns and get a bow and arrow and, like, that's the way I play the game. And mm. that all is there. That's all um, has a great breadth of options and is integrated really well, taking aside having to pick up gasoline at every fucking camp you go to. And having to stand weirdly close to the things you're picking yes. up as well. I don't yes. know why the fuck that is, but you have to be right up next to them to the point when you can't even actually... Like, you're looking at them and it feels yep. like you should be able to put, pick them up, but you actually have to be physically on top, on top of them. On top of them, yeah. It's nuts. That's weird, and it's not something that I remember from any other game in the series. It's and just... Poorly it's a done. shame that they won't patch that out because this game doesn't need any patches, so they won't work. True, <laughs> true, true, true. It'd be a waste of resources. <laughs> um, but it's yeah, like I, a it's I've... like a um, a kid in the a kid in the hospital who's uh, who's uh, at full health <laughs> doesn't need any patches. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Patch yeah. Adams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is that right? Patch. Yeah. Because he's, ha- he's about... already happy. Yeah, he's, he's already yeah. cheered yeah. up because like he's gotten better. Like he's no, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Both he's, work. He's happy. It's yeah. like an unbroken yeah. quilt. Okay. There you go. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I've put 15 hours into this game, which is a lot for me to have played over like less than a week. Um, mm-hmm. I reckon I would have put in more if it hadn't crashed about five times. Um, <laughs> it is very unstable. You're both playing on PC, right? And I'm on yes. PS5. Yes. Yeah, it's um. there's weird visual stuff like... My PC is pretty new and yeah. I had to toggle some graphical stuff to get it running well. There's like an HD texture pack that I read uses a absurd amount of RAM to the point where yeah. it's not even an option for me to have it on. Neither. We both um, have current generation like 30-something um, GeForce uh, graphics cards and it's not an option for me as well. It tells you in the graphics menu how much VRAM you're using and I'm using like half of like the maximum you know it's like yeah. oh we can use eight gig or something i'm using like it's, three in a bit i've seen a lot I of think, stuff saying it's poorly optimized and like you can mm. only you can't really get up past like 60 frames on a 30 80 type of thing like it is a right. big yeah. complaint about this game that not only bugs aside even when it's running well in terms of functionality it mm. is not well optimized and doesn't perform well on very uh, advanced hardware yeah, I found a good article that kind of talks about that and then gives you in the graphics menu, like with a lot of games on PC, you can look at me talking like an expert. I've had one for like two <laughs> months. But you can go through and there's, you know, you can have overall quality, you know, low to ultra, mm. but then you can kind of go through and adjust every little bit of it. And I found a good guide for um, going through and doing it bit by bit. So things like the foliage that use up a lot of RAM, but at the end of the day it's doing it's having to do a lot of shit in the background for not a ton of benefit when you're looking at it. You kind of crank that down to medium so that then you can put all the overall stuff up to ultra or like whatever it is. But that was really helpful for going through and getting it to look the best that it can while still being able to, uh, yeah, maintain 60 frames because putting it up to the higher things felt like it was compromising how smooth it was running for me. It, it's not had issues running smoothly for me. I think it is running at um, 60 fine when it's running fine, like most of the yeah. game, it's not. There's no hitches. I don't really experience frame rate issues. Um, it's more been crashing uh, when it's loading in cutscenes, um, loading in the wrong colors of the HUD, just yep. deciding to be like, "No, nah, this is all changed. This is your settings have not been remembered," or glitching out and being like, "Okay, you've put colorblind mode on and everything's yellow, but I never did that." <laughs> you know, right. like. Um, I would never do that. <laughs> I can see a full spectrum of colours from teal to dark blue, like everyone else. <laughs> um, so it's been more like glitches and bugs and weird stuff like that. Performance-wise, if you want to are able to categorise it as, you know, like frame rate is okay, uh, yeah. except when it's like the whole game stops, <laughs> which yeah, is Yeah, I've fucked. had it I've I've had it crash once. I then Doing all that little tweak stuff, it's been it's been fine for me performance-wise since then. But there's, like, noticeable – one of the biggest ones is the AI of uh, companion people. So there's been right. two missions where I've been – I've had someone alongside me who I've either, like, met or I've rescued from something and mm-hmm. you have to then, like, guide them and go with them to the next bit. And they just are not moving. Like, there's right. there's a guy that you free from prison. Yeah. And I was running down the street with him and it's there's the little marker. It's like, okay, now we have to get here to get picked up. And you're just kind of running along the side of a freeway and then all of a sudden it's telling me, oh, no, you're too far away from him. And you go back and he's just stopped running and yep. he's just kind of, like, walking around in circles in a field and it's like, cunt. And so I'm then having to, like... <laughs> 
a couple of times I've had to like the person will not move. Mm. Like I'll, I'll do laps of them, and I've had to like shoot them in the foot to just like get them <laughs> to do something to get them yeah. like out of the like weird loop that they're stuck in. So stuff like that is Even. very immersion breaking, and it's like mm. what like. How is it an issue to tell the AI to just go with me to this little marker? That like happens just, and stuff yeah. sometimes, yeah. Because like the the AI in general in this game, I think is maybe not amazing mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, like on the PS5, I haven't had any of the crashes and stuff. But like it it doesn't deal well with coming back from the rest mode. Like I've come back and it'll be at 30 frames now, which isn't right. meant to happen on that console at all. Like there isn't ray tracing or any of that. They've made it so that it is running at 16. It runs well other than in those cutscenes, which are fucked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like some screen tearing and things like that, but it's not too bad. It's not crashing, but yeah, just in the actual game, it feels like shit's broken pretty regularly in the way of like, civilians will be on the side of the road and then they'll suddenly spin around and run into the traffic and like right. in yeah, ways yeah, that yeah. doesn't seem like it's what they're meant to be doing. Yep. That sort of thing happens fairly regularly. Like I feel like you can you can sort of feel it and this game feels like it is kind of bulging at the edges and bursting at the seams and like just mm-hmm. held together with sticky tape type of thing. Yeah, but also, I mean, I feel like that's just kind of what you... What you kind of expect a little bit when you go in on a game like this, like a to big AAA a from stuff. a big studio. Yeah. This kind of stuff, I think, always tends to happen a little bit at launch. And I, I, I don't want to put anyone off by saying this stuff because you might have a couple of little quibbles with it to get going. But by and large, I think it's 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 fine. You can look hmm. past it. It's not like something like these issues in Sable like really did impact right. my enjoyment of it. But I'm not I'm not finding it a deal breaker for this, and I think it will be, I, I think it'll be patched sooner Certainly. rather than later because it's such a big. And it's also worth mm. saying just very quickly on the Sable thing, they have patched that in yeah. the last week and um, yes. improved all that stuff a great deal and added a few more other things, which maybe we'll talk about a bit more next week. Um, um, on the I'm PS5, certainly it, it's not running as bad as it seems to be on the PCs. That optimization stuff seems to be unusually bad for this game. I uh, yeah, I've saw someone mention that it's kind of an uh, a a pretty perennial Ubisoft thing to right. not optimize yeah. for the PC, which I've never noticed before. I've always played on on console. Apparently, Xbox and PlayStation. It's yeah, it is significantly better than the PC. Yes. But the Assassin's Creed games back in the two thousands yeah. were even like that. Yeah, totally. The there is the, the potential, like I said, with Cyberpunk, that people would be able to mod this on PC to do like third person mode and shit like that, which I am up for. Uh, it's it's just a bonus, obviously. It's not something that you would consider when buying the game, um, but it's something that I consider a bonus. Um, I, yeah, I don't know because it controls great. I like mouse and keyboard for first person shooters, and I'm I'm glad that I'm playing it on PC for that reason. Um, I guess yeah, we just have to hope it gets tidied up yeah. soon. This yeah, g- another good Far Cry game underneath, and probably the the the. Maybe even the best one since three type of thing. Like yeah, it is doing it yeah. all pretty well and it doesn't have the same sort of pitfalls with the environments that four and five kind of did where being back to these islands and stuff, it really suits this type of game for whatever reason. Totally, mm. totally. Yeah. Big, jumping in boat, like all the vehicle stuff is fantastic. It's, the, it's you know, the franchise that I like. I think I played this 
and got it on PC and didn't get an Xbox and just went down the Far Cry path rather than the Halo path. And it's just the the series that's been going for six games that I like, first-person right. shooter-wise. Um, yep. Being but, able to get yeah. in a boat and sail around is very it's fun. fun. Leaving really all the fun. enemies in your wake. Yep. Don't do this uh, to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like you're in a dream. Uh, Alan Wake Remastered came out, what, a few days ago, last week? Yeah. Um, I popped on it. Did you, either guys, you played this yet no. or ever? No. no. Um, I've only played like the first hour or so. Uh, and it is fair to say that Remedy had not fine-tuned the way they make games. Um, it's nowhere near control. Like, it, the the cohesiveness of that aesthetic, the presentation of the story, the cinematic nature of control, the actual controls, mm. they had not figured out. Um, and I get what they're going for with Alan Wake, and it's a fun idea, like dropping you into the nightmares of a horror writer and playing through them and using a flashlight to weaken enemies and a gun to shoot them. And, like, they're interesting ideas, but it's not quite polished enough for me to sink into. Like, you talk about the bugs breaking the immersion of Far Cry 6. I think just the the dodgy, old-fashioned controls of Alan Wake are the things that are holding me at arm's length, which is a shame. But um, it's a, as a remaster goes, it's great. I, I, you, there's no Looks criticism nice. there. Looks nice, runs nice. Um, okay. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll dig into it more. It's the kind of game where maybe the idiosyncrasies, you know, bother you less as you get more immersed in the story. Um, I, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm... I'm certainly not recommending you rush out and buy it. Right. I now. think my memory of it, even at the time, is that people were like, this is a bit awkward. Right. I, I feel right. like it even had that a bit at the time because Max Payne was fine and they made right. that before Alan Wake and then Control, yeah, I agree, was, was great in all those aspects. So mm. um, I think that game might just be an outlier, which does make it a bit disappointing that they didn't sort of try to tweak that for a remastered re release. Yeah. And it just has odd things about it, like, like you. You use the left um, bumper to dodge, mm-hmm. but then you also use it to sprint. So mm-hmm. every time you start sprinting, you dodge t- sort of in to the left or right. And then the sprint only lasts for literally like one, two, I reckon two and a half seconds, and then you're out of sprint. That's and a normal. Lot of the time, That's realistic. <laughs> <laughs> two pumps and you're done. It's yeah. It's... Weird for a game that a lot of the start you're running away from stuff. You feel totally just like frustrated. Right. You know, you're like, I'm meant to be running down this pier that's disappearing. Why can't I sprint? Why do I have to keep tapping the button and then dodging and then sprinting for like literally two and a half seconds? Like, Weird. It, it is a bit um, uh, clunky, but I do like the aesthetic. I do like what they're going for. So I'll, I'll probably keep playing it, but... Mm-hmm. Um, not a not a necessarily a hearty recommendation at this point. Fair enough. Right. Yeah, that's a bummer. Mm. I wish they'd done a little more to modernise it. But uh, let's wrap it up there for yeah. this week on Filthy Casuals. Don't forget, yeah, we got the live show this Sunday, 2 p.m. Melbourne time uh, and around the world. Get a ticket. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've got a lot of fun stuff planned. Um, already selling really well. But, yeah, can't wait to see a bunch of you guys kicking off in the chat and yeah. whatnot as we do the show. 
uh, tickets at filthycasuals.com.au where you can also find the links to our Patreon and our Bandcamp. We've got a premium oh. Star Wars episode that'll be up there soon, which yes. you can get currently on the Patreon for a certain tier. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's over three hours of uh, the history of Star Wars games. A big, big deep dive onto, into them. Um, and yeah, that's yeah. about it. Thanks very much for listening. We'll see you next time. And as we say here at the end of every episode of Filthy Casuals. I am the Morph Ball. That's Metroid Dread. D-R-E-D-D. Nice. You see? I am the law. I am the Morph Ball. Now you know the rest of the story. (laughs) Bit of etymology at the end. That's that's (laughs) how I put it together there. Bit of behind the curtain. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.